It's March 8th, 2021 today. And I'd like to extend Happy International Women's Day to all women of all races, of all religions, of all skin shades, of all walks of life, of all social economic status groups. If you are a woman of any race, of any religion, of any color, of any style, of any weight, I say Happy International Women's Day. This particular podcast is a bit controversial, and yet it must be done. It is something that has gone on for centuries under the hands of white supremacy. What am I talking about? I'm talking about colorism. I've entitled this colorism. Are you affected by it? Colorism. What is colorism? Perhaps if you are white, but not white American, perhaps if you are Asian, but not maybe Asian American, perhaps if you are of any race, of any nationality, apart from the American races in the United States, then you may not know about colorism. I will say, however, that when I lived in India, I did experience, not me personally, but I experienced people of darker hue who didn't feel quite as justified or accepted as, shall we say, the Singh Indians. I noticed that darker-skinned Indians were not treated as fairly or as widely as accepted as others who were of lighter hue. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, whatever part of the world that you are living in, racism and colorism, as colorism is my topic for today, it doesn't just stop and start in America, the United States. It's in your country too. I don't care who you are or where you are, colorism is a real thing. Now, perhaps you know that black women, like me, I am a black woman, are in the United States paid considerably less than, let's say, a white man or even a white woman. Or you may know that five times more black men are incarcerated than white men. I don't know about you or your thoughts, but let me let me say this. This is one of the ways that racism works. 
I think one of the things that is less understood in many nations are the isms that culture, religion, uh, deeply embedded values and systems of belief are putting you in the home, in your upbringing. So what drives us to the ISM, the isms of life, the isms that I call the ism mandates on people's lives or their identity? Colorism, if you're not familiar with it, Colorism is the discrimination against individuals, no matter where they are in the world, with darker skin tones. Am I experiencing colorism? No, because I'm a lighter skin tone black woman. Let's talk about a story that came out recently on television. Oprah Winfrey did an interview with Meghan Markle. Remember, she's a biracial black woman. Her father is white. Her mother is black. And her mother is brown skin tone. But because the mother married a white man, Megan's skin tone came out much lighter. This is typically the case when the father is white. If Megan's father were black and the mother was white, she would still perhaps come out, shall we say, the skin tone that she has now. Especially if the father was, shall we call it, a peanut butter skin shade. But if the father is a darker skin hue, you know, really black skin toned, and her mother was white, Megan would have an entirely different skin shade, an entirely different skin tone. I can emphatically tell you she would not be the skin shade and tone that she is now. And there are studies and facts to back that up. My show's 30 minutes. I don't have time for all of that. So I'm just giving you the highlight of the facts. She did her interview because she's free now. She and Harry, Prince Harry, to do that. So she did one with a world very famous brown skin woman by the name of Oprah Winfrey. In the interview, she mentioned that before she had her first child, Harry claims, Prince Harry claims that it was not his grandmother or his grandfather that conveyed these things, but there were people within the royal family that were deeply concerned and discussed with Prince Harry about their first child coming to the world and their concern was not of the health or anything of that nature. Their concern was the boy's skin tone being dark and what a darker skin young prince would mean to the royal family. How disgusting is that to you? 
it just goes to prove that there's a lot to be said about the white race and why they feel the way they do towards everything and everyone outside of the white race. Where do they get off with this superior complex? Because they've got a complex. And if you ask me, it is mental illness to live, think, and breathe in this manner. Granted, it's not all white people. But it's a pretty good majority of them. And only God in heaven can understand why that is. But imagine being already biracial and marrying into a total white family. That's not just your average family. It is the royal family of England. And oh my God. Their greatest concern about an unborn child is whether or not that child is going to be dark skin. I want to talk to you about colorism. What I hate about it. What I've understood about it. And I want to inspire you to be a great deal more sensitive as opposed to insensitive towards men and women of a darker skin tone. Because I'm not dark skin tone, I don't experience the racism. I don't experience the lack of trust. I don't experience, of course, the colorism. I don't experience any of that. Now, if you were to ask me, Ronnie, where does this come from? In my research, I have found that it stems from, once again, white supremacy, especially in the United States during the slavery era. Let me educate you and give you a little history on American slavery of black people, of all skin shades. At the time when blacks were slaves, when, when the white man went to Africa, to Ghana, to Nigeria, these are, these are African nations in West Africa, the Africans that they put on ships to take back to America, a land that they didn't belong in to, to begin with, let's start there. America was already discovered before the white man put his bloody foot on on the premises. And those people are known as Native Indians. Thank you very much. To hell with what you say, think, and believe about Columbus. He ain't discovered Jack. He discovered what was already there and the Native Indians that occupied the land known as the United States. Uh Uh-huh. So they take dark, dark, dark complected Africans on ships to America and make them slaves. And they sold them off like meat. What began happening was the white man would go and have sex with the black woman, the black woman slave. There was always some outhouse for him to go and get freaky with a dark-skinned black woman. 
if that dark-skinned black woman got pregnant, the child came out in my color, my shade, or the shade of Meghan Markle. Sometimes the child would come born with a peanut butter color or just a shade browner than peanut butter. Sometimes darker than that. And the wife had to put up with it. She may not have liked it. It may have made her feel, I'm sure, quite insecure that her white husband was going out there humping and pumping. Yeah, I said it. A black woman. Why was he so fixated on having sex with a black woman? But here's my point about all of that. At that time, white supremacy in the United States, using blacks as slaves who were free as kings and queens in their own native land of Africa. They took the darker complected black and they put them in the fields to pick the cotton. The darker skinned black was known as the field nigger. Now, for you to understand this podcast, I've got to use phrases that you might find offensive. Just bear with me because I'm highly sensitive to the subject. And as I've told you many times before, you will get no misinformation here. Only truth right from the hip. The darker complected black, man and woman, boy and girl, was forced to pick cotton no matter how hot or heated the day was. You only saw the dark skinned black picking the cotton. The white man coined him and her in the field, the field nigger. The black my color, the lighter shade, the lighter toned black, worked in the house, typically in the kitchen, as a servant, serving the food, watching after the white man's children. And they were known as the house nigger, still a nigger, but a house nigger. They were treated differently. They were treated still black, but a lot better than the darker complected black man and woman. That trend, that ugly trend did not die with slavery. It is still in the United States of America and thus this show is called colorism. Are you affected by it? Colorism. Today in the United States and in other parts of the world, if you are darker complected, you're mistreated, you're mistrust, they, they, they are uncomfortable, they're followed in stores, Have you looked at the abuse of the white cop in the United States? Have you noticed that majority 
of the black men and women that have been killed innocently and for no reason are darker skin? Mmm. Hello? Have you ever noticed that? You don't have to live in the United States to see that. Just go and use your computer, go into Google, and just look at the pictures. Know their names. Pull up their names. They're not light-skinned like me. They're darker-skinned people. Now let's go a little deeper with this. I find it very curious that the white man, even today, when they want to harm a black man or a black woman, they, they direct and gear their attention to the darker complected black person. Why is that? Why is it that the black my color is perceived as being more trusting, more beautiful? On one of my favorite reality TV shows, it's created by Sha- uh, Shaquille O'Neal, famous basketball, American basketball player, his ex-wife, um, her name is Shawnee O'Neal. She lives in Houston now, and she started a show called Basketball Wives. And right now in the current season, there's a Nigerian woman, a female football player, who they call OG. And this woman has it bad. There, there is a saying that darker complected people just have attitudes, that they, you know, that they take things the wrong way, that they're mean-spirited. You name the negative connotation, it's placed upon them. And this woman, OG, in a recent episode, She described, and I talked about this in one of my other podcasts here recently, but she described to another brown-skinned sister like, like her, OG is very dark. And she described having ape-like features, very broad, open nose, and very full, thick lips. And she said to this other African-American brown skin, darker skin sister who has very much a white nose and her features are not like OG's. And she explained to her, while you should be sensitive to how I feel being dark skin and how I'm treated as being dark skin, because you're also dark skin. She says, the reason you're not treated as I am is because your features are not eight features. And she said, colorism is not about the darker skin as much as it is about the features of the darker skin. Hmm. I think OG is onto something there. Why is it that people outside of the black race feel that darker skinned people? Why, why is that? Why is it that someone who is darker skin, the features are very different, bold and brass like that. And then somebody like a Meghan Markle or even a Rene Dupofois, the features are not like that. When I lived in South Africa, the people who are my skin color, lighter skinned blacks, they still call them their coloreds. 
And years ago, under the clerk's regime, which was all about divide and rule, divide and conquer, separate the white man from the African man, the black man, they did what they call a pencil test. And the, the clerk regime, the police, would take a pencil and stick it in a black man's hair. And if it stayed, that meant it was an afro and they knew for sure that he was black and they would proceed to either ripping his skin off his flesh or doing something else horrific to him. So the colored man who is partially black, it was usually an Afrikaans father with an African mother, but their skin tone and shade was more like mine than it is Meghan Markle's. And the, they would go to dentists or take pliers and pull out the first four front teeth. You know what this did? This automatically reduced their full lips to thin lips like it's typically common among white women and white men. So their lips would reduce and shrink. Then they would cut off all their hair so that there could not be a pencil test. Because you see, they were also partially black. They were susceptible to having nappy hair too. I really wish that I could, maybe I'll even do a series on this, but I really hope that as I inspire you in today's podcast, as well as educate you in today's podcast about colorism on this special day, which is International Women's Day, that you will listen to this and as you move away about your night and your day, that you would think on what I'm saying. Number one, develop a passion of sensitivity towards men and women who are much darker than you. Because I bloody guarantee you, their life, even if they make more money than you, they're not living better than you. They are facing not only colorism, but racism, wherein you may only be experiencing racism. Let me tell you something, as a light-complected black woman, with great features that are not what they used to call Negroid features. This is really what OG was saying, but OG was a little bit more blatant about it and called it ape features. I've heard the white man and woman use that phrase too in describing even Michelle Obama when they were in office. There was a white woman, I think, who was a principal who lost her job or another one that was working in the government who lost her job because she said that Michelle Obama looked like an ape. And we all know Michelle Obama is a dark-skinned woman. Beautiful, thank you very much. So what I'm saying here is number one, let me inspire and encourage you to touch, heal, and inspire those who are of darker hue. You have no idea, nor do I, what they contend with on a day-to-day basis. In my daily prayer, I pray for my brothers and sisters of all races that are darker skin because life is not for them as it perhaps is for you or me. Now, when it comes to racism, for me and my skin shade, I'll tell you what I deal with. I deal with 
insecure white women who become jealous over my beauty, my attractiveness. Do I get that from black, darker skinned women? Yes, I do. Is there colorism within the black race? Hell yeah. It's bad enough that the white man is against the black person. That's that that's that's a problem already in in and of itself. But imagine within the race, the darker complected black doesn't like the lighter complected black. Where does that come from? I've already told you. White supremacy and what was placed upon us in slavery. Do I have anything against anybody dark skin? Hell no. I fight for the rights of all people. And as this is International Women's Day, open your eyes and look around you. I don't care where you're living in the world. There is a plethora of dark-skinned women and the shade of the dark skin is a mile long. Just because a person is not light-skinned like me doesn't mean they're highly susceptible to commit a crime. But that's what's believed. It doesn't mean that she's more likely to lie or to steal, but that's what's believed. It doesn't mean that she's more susceptible to mucking about with your husband, but that's what's believed. Darker skinned people are having to live with the most contentious and unbelievable appalling beliefs from people that they live and work with every day. I have been in department stores, fine department stores, and looked at black people being followed all over the store. I don't care how fine they dress. I will tell you this, if they weren't dressed as, shall we say, trend or sophisticated, oh, they, oh la la, they, they, they catch hell. And yet, in countries like Japan where I lived, over a year, the darker your skin, the more, shall we say, praised you are. So if you are darker skinned, before I say this, let me finish my statement. When the fashion world in Japan wants to make it clear that they are featuring the black identity, they don't want the black model, my skin color. They want the black woman who's, I mean, as black as, as a berry. Dad used to say, the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. <laughs> I don't have to say anything else about that. Just go pick yourself up some black berries and dare you to try it and see how sweet it is. This is how I perceive you, my sisters, who are of darker skin hue. And may God show mercy on all of you, wherever you are in the world, living with suspicion, even though you've done nothing wrong. 
living under oppression, whether that comes from blacks in your own community or whites or Asians or Mexicans, whatever the ethnicity, may God empower you, enrich you and enliven you. And this is my prayer for all women, no matter your skin tone. You understand that there are cultural beliefs and systems of belief about us all. But because of what Meghan Markle has just put out to the world with her interview to Oprah Winfrey, I thought today's podcast is more appropriate to talk about colorism. And that while women are fighting rape and genital mutilation and foot binding and acid attacks and all these horrific things in life all over the world of all shades and hue. The one thing that we're all fighting so hard against is colorism. May God, may Allah bless all of you. Thank you for listening to Inspire Me. I hope I've inspired you to touch, heal, and inspire and be highly sensitive to someone else who doesn't look like you, whose shade of skin is not like yours. Merci beaucoup. Bonne journée. I'm René Dupofois. All the best for now. Au revoir.